0: Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Welcome to the ABNWT Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Rapel, and as always, I'd like to invite you to share this with your team and with whoever else you think could benefit. You see, for us, this is all about helping you reach more people in Canada. With me today is Jeremy Gifford. Jeremy is our youth ministry specialist here at the district. He's been serving in youth ministry for over 12 years. He's really been helping us to get our heads around reaching Generation Z. These are the people who are 20 years and under in your community. So welcome, Jeremy. Thanks so much, Jeremiah. Good to be here. So talk to us about the realities of Gen Z. Like, what do we need to know?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. But yeah, like you said, Gen Z is under 20 years old. So they're kind of born 1999 and on. Um the biggest thing about Gen Z that we're seeing is they're post-Christian, so it's not like, um, you know, not like back in the nineteen sixties or fifties or whatever, when everyone right. had a general understanding. Like yeah. we're dealing with people that have no basis. Okay. Yeah. Wow. No basis of faith at all. They have no understanding. Um, they a lot of them would check off the box, say nuns when they, when it comes to religious affiliation in like, census. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They, they have zero zero affiliation yep. to any kind of Christianity or any kind of religion whatsoever, you know. Um, so so we're dealing with people, yeah, that, that just are coming from no knowledge at all. Like, not, not even a, a, a small basis. Like, like back in the day, you could go to knock on anyone's door, and, and most everyone in society would have a general understanding of Judeo-Christian values, so that's what our nation was founded on. Right. Now that's not what we're dealing with at all. They don't even have a, an understanding or memory of the gospel at all. The people we're dealing with—they're when we talk about Gen Z—they're post-Christian completely. Um, but screenagers is is another term that's used uh, for okay. Gen Z. Think about it; they never knew a day without Google or high-speed internet. Like that yeah. was, was always a part of it um, for them. So, so they are fully entrenched in this digital age. Like they were born into it, and that's all they know. They don't know anything else. Um, and actually majority of them, um, all they know is social media too. And, okay. and cause that came in kind of, you know, around 2006 started really ramping sure, up. Yeah. And so most of them, that's all they know as well. Um, so yeah, digital age, like screen agers, Um, and the other side that when we're talking about, about Gen Z is that they're, they're very career driven, okay. very career driven. So, uh, some studies were done by Barna and 66% of them plan on finishing education and starting a career by the time they're 30. And actually they were asked this question in in this survey, which is very fascinating to me. They they said my blank and it's kind of fill in the blank is very important to my sense of self. And so they were given a list of things and they had to check off, you know, which ones Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the percentage, which, which ones they strongly agree with. And so number one across the board was professional and educational achievement. So for them, they're extremely career driven, leadership oriented. They want to achieve. Wow. So they want to like, you know, across the board, they want to go to university college. They want to have, you know, they want to graduate with something that they they want to get into a meaningful line of work and to make a difference. Um, Number two came across was hobbies and pastimes, which was 42%. Uh, Gender and sexuality was, was number three. And number four was groups of friends. The most interesting thing about this question was number five and six was family and religion. Both were at 34%. This is the first time that this question has been asked of every generation since Boomers. And okay. this is the very first time that religion, that family, has not been number one. And for the most part, religion has been number two in uh, in
0: their list of what's important to their self. In other generations. and now In all generations. And now, now. now that's down... That's way down. It's it's at the bottom. It's <laughs> wow. at the very bottom.
1: Wow. Yeah. So so we've seen a crazy shift like that. So but but the the more interesting thing is that number one is professional educational achievement. So some people can look at this and be like, oh, great, we're you know we're headed to hell in a handbasket because you know, family and religion is at the very bottom. Yeah. You can also look at it, it may be an opportunity for the church, which we can talk more about later, is that yeah. professional and educational achievement is so high. So the thing with them is that it's not just about ec- economic stability, they actually see that their world is broken. So they were born into, the majority of them, they grew up in the aftermath of 9-11, right. this broken world, terrorism everywhere. You know, so so they see that the world is broken, but they have this crazy idea that they feel like they can actually fix it. They can make a difference. Wow! And so uh, we actually, I think it's actually an opportunity for the church that yeah, we yeah, have yeah. something that we can call them to, where they can actually put the hands to the plow and actually get to work and make a difference along with us. Right. And so I, I think it ends up being an opportunity. But but those are, are kind of some of the more stronger characteristics that uh, that the studies are showing
0: with Gen Z. Wow. Okay. So then the next question is, so what is the best way that churches can minister to that generation then?
1: Well, again, thinking that they're they're post-Christian, so we have to think a lot, like really different than we've ever really thought before, uh, for the most part, because we've been dealing with, again, a Judeo-Christian kind of society. Now we're kind of moved away from that. We're post-Christian. So now we end up having to think and act like missionaries in our culture when we're talking about Gen Z specifically. I often give the example, which uh, is actually found in the book Meet Generation Z. Uh, it's very interesting where he talks about Paul and how, in the in the in the New Testament, you know Acts 13, Paul is speaking primarily to Jews. So he's preaching. He preaches totally different than when he does a little right. later in Acts 17. In Acts 13, he's preaching and he's referring to to you know the Davidic line and the you know how Jesus is coming to fulfill. Yeah. To, like it's all based on Old Testament stuff. But then few chapters later, Acts 17, he's preaching to pagan, idol-worshipping men of Athens. And his approach is totally different. Yeah, And so he, he says, you know, I, and we all know the scripture, right? He says, I sure. notice from all the shrines you have, you, you guys are religious people. You have an inscription on one of your altars that says, to an unknown God. Now let me tell you about that God. Right, yeah. So he meets them where they're at. Totally he, different, yeah. Totally, totally different. So I, I think that just helps us a little bit kind of realize that... We are, obviously, we're not the majority Christian context anymore. So we have to adapt. We can't fear change. We have to embrace it. Now we're the missionaries. Um, so what do missionaries do? They yeah. learn. What does that look like then? Exactly. They, they learn, they speak the language of culture, and they meet people where they're at. That That's actually such a huge thing because if you think of Netflix – and you think of Blockbuster back in the day, we all loved, you know, browsing the aisles of Blockbuster yeah. for hours on end trying to I decide. I think I still
0: owe late fees.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have late fees or the be kind rewind kind of thing, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so we we had this this new kind of uh, company come in Netflix and uh, they saw where culture was headed. They saw that that majority of people were online. Right. And so they decided that they were going to meet, obviously there was more things involved in it, but it comes down to it. They were trying to meet people where they were at. They saw that that culture, where culture was headed and they made a choice and they decided they were going to meet people where they were at and people can now, you know, browse content at home yeah. in their PJs on their couch changed everything. Right. It, it totally has. And so, uh, so I, I think that that kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of man, like, like this is the change we're talking about here. Like we need to adapt, and we need to realize that we need to meet people where they are at. We can't expect them to come to us and to like act and think like we do right now. We need to see where they are right now and uh, and meet them where they're at. And so. Um, I think some of the things that may be holding us back from reaching the next generation is, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, as 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 things happen with, with older generations that maybe want the church this way or that way, or maybe people that have just been entrenched in church culture, doesn't even have to be an old generation, they've been entrenched in church culture yeah. for their whole life. Right. They only see church as one way, and that's the only way it can be. And so uh they want to be church like maybe like when they were young uh or they want one hymn per Sunday, you know, like this and that. Sure. Yep. They want church exactly like they think it should be. The problem is that's not the only way you can do church. Yeah. You you have to find ways to meet culture to to reach the culture that you're serving. Sure. And so – and we've talked about this a lot, I know, in a lot of our um, you know podcasts here, is that we, we, we have to move from being preference-driven to purpose-driven. Right. We need to realize that, man, we're, we have to be about those who are not here yet, those that aren't in our doors. We need to be about the next generation. And so uh, all that to say that to think and act like missionaries, we need to do um, – I kind of have five things yeah, with please. regards to Gen Z. Um, number one is to communicate in their language. So this this is like multifaceted kind of kind of uh one here one is music like honestly even if we think okay we're just going to do one hymn a Sunday so yeah you can do that but you have to realize that during that hymn that next generation for the most part is going to be completely disengaged and they're going to probably think that okay this is not really this is not really where I'm at and it's not really it's like an, it represents an outdated religion to them and so do we want to just do one hymn just to accommodate a group of people that are demanding a hymn, possibly potentially at the expense of losing a generation? And and that's where we're at. Like they're not gonna just sit and be like, Okay, I, I understand this hymn is just for the the people in the room that maybe want that or the older people or whatever. They're not gonna think that they're going to realize, okay, this is, this is not really, this is lame. <laughs> you know, like, wow. like, let's be real. Yeah, they're, sure. they're going to be like that. And so, so music is a big thing, communicating their language, social media, obviously, yeah. um, just really getting on their level. They, they, like we said, they're screen agers are digital natives. All they ever <laughs> known is social media. Yeah. And so, uh, we have to make sure that we're on social media and that we're working towards that, um, and, and, and the other thing with communicating their language is that we need to give context to, to things we're talking about in Scripture that they have no understanding of. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about paul and you know paul says in philippians 2 whatever a better way to approach that is that man there's this guy who he all he wanted to do was hunt down and kill christians and then he met jesus jesus transformed his life he was going this way and then all of a sudden he turned around and said jesus i'm going to follow you with everything and he actually ended up writing a majority of our new testament like there's ways give context absolutely there's ways that you can give context don't just assume that people know totally Exactly. Uh-huh. So, communicate their language. Um, engage them is, is another, is the second thing, and that's a huge thing, because Gen Z, like we said before, they're leadership-driven. And so, I just always try to encourage people, what are some significant load-bearing roles, as, uh, as the book Growing Young defines, load-bearing roles, that you can give your teens in your church? So, not just like, hey, can you photocopy these songs for Sunday? I mean, maybe you'll you know, maybe you'll find some teenagers that, man, you know, they just have a gift of administration and they just absolutely love tasks like that, right. you know, like to get involved in, in different behind the scenes kinds of things like that, but not just to give it to them because you're trying to think of the most menial things that you can find, you know, finding out where their gifts and passions lie and actually setting them up for success by, by allowing them and to treating, serve.
0: Treating them like leaders, developing them exactly at that age, exactly. not just waiting till they, yeah. Get to eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. You know, starting them now totally. and treating them like they have a role to play in the church. Is that what you are yeah. saying?
1: Exactly. Yeah, wow. it's it's the future of the church, right? Like yeah. like this. This is actually not even the future. This is the church today, yeah, and yeah. so we have to treat them like that. Um, Totally. So so engage them, and the, cool. the third one is foster an inclusive youth community. I always encourage that um, to to foster a, a, a youth community that says that you belong before you believe. You don't have to think the way we think to actually come here and to be loved by us. Right, yeah. We will love you unconditionally. You have a place here, you're welcome. And uh and and we've just seen God do some amazing things with those kinds of attitudes around the Let them our journey.
0: Let them journey and they're just like we're on a journey. We're yeah. still we're still growing in faith. Why can't someone who hasn't yet come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ? Why can't they be a part of their their faith journey with us, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And then the fourth thing that, that I always say is, is to rally them to a cause. And that's kind of what we talked about before is that they believe the world is broken and that they can actually fix it. And so when we actually rally them to something that's like worthwhile fighting for, yeah. they will like, we, we're, we have a generation that man, they will latch on to that with everything they have and they will go full tilt if it's something that they, they can latch onto and believe in and like, you know, dig their heels into. So
0: yeah, like the biggest deal can't be just come for a pizza party. Yeah, totally. Right? Like exactly. There has to be something more. Yeah. Like I always see that too, like in, in churches even, it's like the biggest thing you can do in a church is usher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, okay, yeah. what's next? You know, like I think I think we need to have a bigger goal. Yeah, totally. people who are part of the the church, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying there.
1: Exactly. And,
0: and we actually have
1: we actually have the greatest thing to call people to. I mean, we believe it, right? Like we believe that we have the greatest mission on earth and the greatest. So like why, if we pitch vision in the right way, we can call this next generation into that to serve along with us.
0: I heard somebody talking about uh, spiritual entrepreneurship. We need more spiritual entrepreneurs and in our congregations, especially in this age bracket. Mm -hmm. There are people sitting there that are getting God ideas about what they could do to transform the world, like change the fabric of our society in the name of Jesus Christ. How awesome would that be? Yeah, totally. To not just preach for information, but to preach for inspiration and transformation to people sitting there saying, what can you do? What can God do through you? That's exciting to me. Exactly. And for
1: too long, we've said, you know, teenagers, you, you, you have your night on, let's say Wednesday night or whatever, that's your time to play. And now Sunday or whatever other day, like that's for adults to play. So you yeah. guys can just wait your turn. And that doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. They're just going to leave. They're going to leave. Yeah. Yeah. But ah. we can call them in to be a part of it.
0: So what would it be like to get an 18 year old on your board right, yeah. or on your lead team Yeah. or include yeah. even, you know, a 14 or 15 year old in your sermon planning series yeah. planning? Yeah. Why not?
1: Totally. And and a book that I would just encourage people to read is Growing Young and it really helps people think how they can uh grow young but also maintain people that are that are young to actually keep people uh in the church that are young and uh and what churches that are doing that are successful in that and part of that is giving them load bearing roles and so it walks through that. So that's so
0: important mm-hmm. because most of our churches are aging out. Yeah. Right? They're sixty plus and um Yeah. If they're not gonna lean younger It's not going to be long before they'll have to close their doors. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: What's the next one? Yeah. The last one is uh, to prioritize them. And so, uh, just simply to, you invest in what you believe in. And so, uh, if you're just going to kind of ignore them and just, uh, you know, let them survive off of pennies or or whatever, like, like actually, actually to invest in the next generation and to make sure, and like, we're talking everything from, from kids to youth in this, like, like not, you know, like actually throw money at this and, and then to see this thing thrive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So what if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, okay, I don't do anything. <laughs> we have nothing for youth what, and, and children in our church. What's, what's your advice? How, how do we get going on this?
1: Well, uh, what I often encourage people or churches that, are, that have this similar question is that, is there someone in your church right now? That you can approach, you know, that that can maybe start investing in teens. There's always someone. There's always someone that you can lean on and and pull from. So is is there someone in your church right now that that you would but again, not just people don't respond well when or they don't always respond well at least when you ask them to run a program. Right? So it's not about necessarily running a program, although that may be what you want them to do, but you pitch it in with vision, always with vision. Right. You start with vision and, and what you're trying to do, what you're trying to instill in the next generation. And that this is a this is about bigger than just a program. This is literally about the future of the church. Yeah. And uh, and so pitching vision to them uh, in a way. That's exciting that they can latch on to. Huh. Another idea might be that maybe there's multiple. Maybe you're in a small town. Maybe there's uh, multiple churches and no one has a youth ministry and sure. no one yeah. feels like they have the resources for it. But what about if you pooled together and uh, and ran things with other churches? Like right. that, maybe I've seen that kind of work really, really cool in some cases. Um, But another thing that people tell me is that, man, Jeremy, we're not in the city. You know, we don't have the resources of, you know, or fun things to do that a big city church would have. And and all I say to that is that's to your advantage. Because do you know how hard it is to get city teens out to an event? Like it's it's actually pretty difficult. Uh, The best way is obviously through relationship and friends bringing friends. But in small town, it's totally different. You can almost do anything remotely fun and people are going to show up. You know, like the saying, build it and they will come. Yeah. Just do something remotely fun and they'll come. <laughs> you yeah,
0: because what else are they going to do?
1: Exactly. There's nothing else to do. And yeah. so you can create some some unique some unique things that you can do in small towns like that that will naturally a- attract students to come. And then, uh, and then once they're there, they're going to stay because of relationship, of course. Well, so- I like
0: what you said, too. Don't think of it like a program. Mm-hmm. Don't think of it as I have to start a youth group, yeah. whatever that's going to look like. It can be something totally unconventional. It could be a drop-in kind of scenario. It can be just like a fire pit outside or a games night or, you know, video games. And the whole point maybe is just to build relationships yes. at first. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to get the band and have a sermon yep. every week. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, so is there hope for the church in reaching this generation?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah, there's so much hope. (laughs) There really is. And I know a lot of people can look at these stats and just say like, oh man, like, like we're not going to make it or whatever.
0: The gap seems big. Yeah.
1: It does. Totally. Right. But I actually think that, man, we have such an opportunity. Like this is not the end of the line. I, I think this is the beginning of something new. Yeah. And, uh, and and so, but the other thing is that I think there's, there's a real hunger in the next generation that we can tap into. Um, studies are showing us that they're actually really spiritually hungry and you can actually see that in the type of Netflix series that are coming out. It's Mm -hmm. all, Gen Z has a crazy fascination with the supernatural. And, uh, and so I, I think part of it, I mean, this is just me talking, but, uh, I think part of it is maybe they want more. Maybe they've realized that, you know, technology all this stuff that they have that was promised to make their life amazing you know is not really what they thought it was mm. and they're craving more something beyond themselves beyond what technology can offer and so they're they're dipping into some of these other areas of the supernatural right and we're actually seeing a lot of that and so um so i think they're craving they're craving it but they don't have the destination. They don't know where they're trying to land and they don't have the map to get them to where they don't even know they need to go, you know? So we have, we have an opportunity there, I think where we can tap into a hunger that they already have. And guess what? We have the answer for it. Amen. Um, but the other thing is that, uh, which I didn't chat about earlier, but it's a new life stage that's developed over the past 30 years and it's called Emerging Adulthood. And this is, uh, they talk about this and they've done a big study with uh, Renegotiating Faith Study. I'd encourage people to just look, if you just search Renegotiating Faith Study, you can read the whole, I know it's like 180 pages or whatever, but it's <laughs> really, it's fascinating. Yeah, It sure. really is. But just a really brief uh, kind of synopsis or summary of it is that uh, this new life stage called emerging adulthood has emerged over the past you know, 30 years so as a teen graduates high school the development of their social roles and personal identity during this emerging adulthood phase is temporarily suspended as they try and figure out who they are during university years so, so they're trying to discover their identity who they are yeah. and so emerging adulthood is this is this phase as they graduate high school and move into this this phase that their identity is almost on pause they're trying to figure out who they are. Mm. And so as they do that, everything from their previous commitments, maybe they were, you know, even religious commitments, maybe they were serving in their youth ministry as a student leader. Everything like that comes back on the table for renegotiation. Re- so they start to re- really think, is this really who I, who I am? You know, I, I know I did that in my teenage years, but maybe that was just a phase. Who am I? They're trying mm. to answer that yeah, question. Sure. And the delay of five to seven years, because this used to happen in their teenage years. They used to ask these big questions, kind of work that in their teenage years. The delay of, uh, and kind of even as they graduate high school, but the delay of five to seven years um, in the past 30 years uh, of identity formation in young adults is because of the five traditional bridges to adulthood being delayed five to seven years. And so those, those are leaving school, you know, like finishing school, like finishing university, all that kind of stuff as well, leaving parents home. Uh, entering full-time work, getting married, and having kids. So those five markers of adulthood yeah. are pushed at sure, least yeah. five to seven years ahead. Mm-hmm. So this this means there's, this, there's a section in their life when they're at university or college or whatever, again, they're trying to figure out who they are. And so I, I think one of the crazy opportunities that we have and actually that studies are showing that can actually help mitigate people leaving and renegotiating out of faith during that stage is if we help them find their identity during their teenage years. So in other words, they're they're trying to renegotiate their faith and trying to figure out where they belong in those young adult years or whatever. So if we can intercept that in the teenage years and, and and say, okay, you know, I, I know you're, you're struggling trying to find out who you are, so let, let's have a pathway in our church to find out how we can get them plugged in to find their identity within the life of the local church, but also outside of their parents' faith. Because if, if, if it's just kind of, you know, alongside their parents or whatever, they'll, they'll start to question that down the road, too. It right, needs yeah. to be their own choice. Yeah. And so if we can provide space and opportunity, and I think this is the great opportunity that we have um, in reaching this next generation. If we can provide a space, like I said earlier, for them to actually get plugged in to life-giving, load-bearing roles that complements their giftings and we help them find their identity through mentors and all that kind of stuff. Well, this study has shown us that we actually help drastically like, like crazy mitigate the, uh, the departure of faith from, cool. from our young adults down the road. And so I think it's just, just intercepting and realizing, okay, this is what could happen, but man, let, let's, let's intercept this in teenage years. Let's be intentional with getting them plugged into the life of the local church. So not just a youth ministry, although, Getting them plugged into a separate youth night or whatever, that's important too, um, for having something separate than their parents. But getting them plugged into the life of the local church before they graduate high school.
0: Well, thanks so much, Jeremy, and thank you for joining us. Please share these with your team, and if you have ideas on what we can talk about in future episodes, please email coach at ABNWT. Until next time.